Hello and welcome to This Week at the Movies. No Denver Bronco game on this time, so I cannot possibly be distracted, which is good news for you. I'm Matt. I'm Eric. And this week we are doing something fun. We are doing Wild Card Week. Uh, Eric and I both saw movies, but we saw different movies. And each of us ended up with one uh, movie that's now doing pretty well in theaters and one movie that you can catch at home. Although Eric's home movie you may still be able to catch in theaters uh, if you hurry. If you, you know, log out right after the show and run and run. Yeah, um, but we're going to be look, taking a look at those movies. Should be kind of fun. But Eric, how was your week? It was a week. How was your week? My week was pretty good until I watched the Denver Broncos give up a historically bad seventy points this morning, and thought, "Why sure. am I still watching the NFL?" <clears throat> Not only that, having to write about the NFL. So you know, I'm happy it's over. We uh, I'm going to take a sabbatical from football after this. Lindsay and I are going to be watching a Hallmark Christmas movie and having a little pizza. So you know what, my oh, name's no about kidding. to get better. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? If you were looking to be terrified by something other than the NFL, Eric saw the big horror movie that is out in theaters right now, which is The Nun Part Two, part of the Conjuring universe. It still has a couple more weeks to kind of soak up that theatrical horror space before the new Exorcist movie comes out. I have not seen this one. This is the only one we're talking about tonight I haven't seen. So Eric, take it away. How did The Nun grab you? By the ankles and pull you through a, a hatch like the little girl in the trailer? Uh, it... It was okay. It was surprisingly uh, effective for what it was. I saw the movies that I saw this week in reverse reverse order of how I'm talking about them. So I got like a breath of original fresh air and then went back into the trudges of an ongoing franchise that's continuing to churn out sequels just kind of to do it. Um, especially in the, the nun, you know, like this is the the fourth entry in this franchise that she appears in, if you count like the tease in the first conjuring movie that suggests she's going to be dealt with and she's already been dealt with. So it's like, it's like if you were watching the Avengers and they happened in this order, it's you watch the first Avengers movie. So you saw the tease of Thanos at the end. And then the second Avengers movie was infinity war. And then we came out with guardians of the galaxy and saw what, thanos was up to before that and then did another thanos movie in between even though we'd already seen endgame and infinity war it's it's a very bizarre you know it's effective it's it's you can feel like the production of it it feels like everybody's working in this elaborate sort of period piece sense where it's like you can tell so much effort went into the production value and everything and the scares are there and they're not overly edited into jump scare ter- territory there are of course plenty of jump scares but i don't know like i just it was it was fun but it, it was nothing new and i hate to say that because i don't like judging a movie by what it isn't but you know, they they skewed a little harder into MacGuffin territory with this one. Normally, it's there's a monster. How are you going to beat the monster? Now it's there's a monster and a MacGuffin that the heroes could find to beat the monster. And so it actually skewed a little more 
franchise formulaic than other ones, even though there might have been a little bit more going on. I actually am giving it a mild one thumb up. It's like a weak, lifted, like one thumb up. Uh, I was better than I think the first Nun movie, but still raises the same questions of like, why are we here? Like, there's these essentially or. Well, there's these loose answers of the suggestion of of religious sort of not mythology, but like history and the idea of like fallen angels and the idea that we're getting into the lore of what motivates demons and and supernatural creatures to do what they do. And so the idea is that every time you go down one of these avenues and something that is conjured in the conjuring universe, you dig a little deeper into that core of like what originates evil. And it's an interesting concept, but to take like a, a tiny little bite and go like the eyes of a saint are part of someone's bloodline. And that's like, that's all you get. You get an hour and a half hour and 40 minutes, actually an hour and 50 minutes, I think, but that's all you get. That was the whole, the whole movie was for. It's like, man, if you have some larger thing, it's time to start going for it because people are, I think, done with these. You never know. Yeah. I mean, I thought Paranormal Activity fizzled out after the second one, but they, they keep trotting those out. I've heard <laughs> they're working on another one, that found footage stuff. Well, for me, there were two major theatrical releases this weekend. I ended up seeing both of them. The one that I'm going to focus on is not the Expend for Bulls, uh, which made the bold choice that uh, Megan Fox was a better co-lead than Sylvester Stallone. But sadly, the most disappointing part of that theater going experience for me was that I saw Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom trailer and I was sort of into it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes, okay. I know. That was quite I, a blow. I, I liked the first movie, but that trailer exhausted me. Sorry. Yeah, but I really do, you know. I don't know if you've seen the Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom trailer, but what's fascinating to me is it talks about him, you know, right off the bat says now he's a husband. Not once do they show Not his there. wife. They show, they show his child, and I'm like, I'm guessing it's Amber Heard's character, and she's like not in the trailer at all. Yeah, I think I so, saw red hair once. I'm not even sure yeah. if that was Nicole Kidman or I. Yeah, yeah, Nicole Kidman has plenty of FaceTime in the trailer. His, you know, human father has some FaceTime. Patrick Wilson having a good old time, you know, coming back in the trailer. You know, I mean, they start out by telling you it's so important he's become a husband and a father. And I was like, oh, did he marry somebody else? No, no, no. No, mm -hmm. no, he's married to the sea. Anyway, yeah. the, the movie that I am going to talk about is the other big release, which was Dumb Money, came from uh, Craig Gillespie, the director who did I, Tanya. This one is actually based on a true story. It is about uh, some of the 
you know, non-Wall Street investors who boosted up the GameStop stock in 2020 and 2021 that kind of bet against the big hedge fund guys uh, cut through Wall Street into a tizzy and actually led to a congressional investigation. Um, the filmmaking style here, they do some interesting things. Uh, Paul Dano plays uh, Keith Gill, who was also known as Roaring Kitty, uh, was his screen name. He was a big uh, poster on both YouTube and uh, this subreddit about Wall Street. So they kind of dive into Reddit and TikTok and YouTube and they throw in these kind of videos and culture going back and forth. And then, so he's on one side, you have America Ferrara playing a nurse who kind of bought into this and became a big investor. You follow a couple of college students in Texas who bought into this and actually a guy who's working at a GameStop uh, during the pandemic. Uh, so that was kind of fun. Shailene Woodley plays Keith Gill's uh, wife, uh, Pete Davidson, who I really normally don't like was actually kind of charming as Keith Gill's brother. That was the most disappointing thing about this movie. What is this week for you? Yeah, it was challenging a lot of my assumptions, but then on the other side, Seth Rogen um, plays the, the manager of this hedge fund that had taken a huge short position against GameStop. And he's kind of being advised by hedge funds managed by Vincent D'Onofrio and Nick Offerman. Uh, they're working alongside this uh, Robin Hood, which, which purported to be trading for the people, but was really owned by uh, the billionaire played by Nick Offerman, uh, Sebastian Stan in a very interesting role as the head of Robin Hood. I vaguely remember hearing about this a little bit on the news, but I'm not a big financial news follower. Entertainment news, all over it. NFL news, all over it. The local weather forecast, as my wife will tell you, I watch it four times a day. But actual like Wall Street financial news, I knew a little bit about this. I kind of loved the way they put this movie together. I loved Paul Dano in this role. Um, and actually like Pete Davidson and they're back and forth. They were bro their brothers in this. Um, you know, I liked the way it was put together and the way it brought this story to life. I'm giving it two thumbs up. It's actually sitting now in my top 10. Um, I had a really good time with it. I know some people didn't like the style, didn't like how it was told. It's not, uh, it's not quite the same way as something like the big short um, which had interjections and does humor. This is a, a little bit of a different style of humor uh, and a little bit of a different style of in-your-face filmmaking, but I liked what they did. Um, you know, I've had a big Paul Dano week and I watched this and it inspired a rewatch of The Batman. Um, so it's just been a, it's been a big weekend. Yeah, a lot of, this is a big weekend for me, apparently going against all the things. I almost, and, you know, try not to pass out from joy, Eric. I almost put on the first Aquaman to rewatch it to see if I was being unkind. I haven't gotten that far yet, but I feel like it's coming in my life after seeing that trailer, but I really enjoyed the money. Um, I thought it was fun. Uh, definitely an R rated movie. So keep that in mind. Um, a lot of the musical choices, a lot of the dialogue, there's, there's some profanity and you know what, if I lost a billion dollars in one day, I, I might swear too. if I, made $11 million in one day, I also might let one go. So you can kind of understand how this goes. Uh, I liked how they mixed it in. At the end, they kind of, uh, they used some of the real congressional footage because these congressional hearings were uh, by video. 
the people gave testimony from their home and you had the congressional people giving testimony back. So you get to see the real congressional questions that are being asked. At the end, they slot in the actual footage of the actual people and it's hilarious to watch their answers to some of these questions. Um, yeah, it, w- it was a lot. It was the fun that I was hoping to get. Okay. I was going to ask, does it feel more like empowering as like a, a, a free consumer that's not ingrained in all of this or like what 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 is that sort of aiming to like the big short i feel like above all is aiming to inform and entertain yeah. i don't feel like i know any more about the stock market or trading than i did before Okay. Um, I also don't know any more about Reddit than I knew before, other than Reddit is kind of a black hole of conspiracy theorists. Yeah. So this is this is this is telling the story of some people and getting to know the people. Yeah, and this one is also based on a book. Uh, So The Big Short, you know, and Moneyball, and a couple of those movies were based on books where people kind of wrote about this and they they take a little bit of a different approach to bringing the story to life this is also based on a book called the anti-social network um, because really it became uh this stock it wasn't so much about gamestop which is kind of interesting because you think the whole thing is about gamestop but these people didn't really care about gamestop And it's not really about GameStop. It became a line in the sand where they could say, we're going to take out Melvin Capital, this hedge fund. Mm. These hedge fund guys constantly are basically making their money by by betting that these other companies are going to fail and manipulating the market to make them fail. Yeah, We're going to say no and just keep bidding up the stock. It doesn't really matter that GameStop's not profitable, that it's... Not a good business model. This is us. We're doing it to, uh, they call it a short squeeze, where you mm-hmm. see somebody's taking a large yeah. short position and you try to squeeze them out. And eventually, Melvin Capital actually dissolved because they lost so much money, even after getting a huge infusion of $3 billion capital from these other two angel investors, they still ended up folding. See, I again, like the big short, I ended up spending the rest of the week when as much as I could tolerate without it becoming grating on my nerves, uh, Googling and diving into what uh, the subjects matter was that I had watched. Yeah. And I feel like this is going to be the same. I read same sort of a impact. couple of, I was kind of like you, I had read a couple of books about the housing market bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, if you want to learn more, probably the book probably does dry, dive a little bit more into trading way. and, um, this just wasn't as interested in um, in educating you about how stocks worked. It didn't feel yeah. like to me as in kind of showing the power of these people saying, you know, screw it. We're going to do this. Yeah. Which I think is what I would want from a movie anyways about. So cool. So those are a couple options if you want to go to the theater. But, you know, if you're like me and it's Sunday and you're looking to throw on the pajamas and not have to leave the house, we do have a couple of options for you. Uh, Eric saw the movie Bottoms, which uh, I have actually seen this one as well. It 
you might still be able to find it in theaters. I don't think it's still in theaters here, but it did finally drop on VOD, so it is available to buy or to rent, and I think it's coming to streaming pretty soon. Uh, a little bit of lighter fare than your first film, Eric. How uh, how did this one grab you? By the throat in the best way possible. <sighs> so this is where all my energy is going lately because... All right, if I was going to do an article that was going to be a top five you should watch because if you want to get a fix similar to Bottoms. Oh, you just saw Bottoms and you want to watch more. What are you going to watch? Heathers from the 80s, the original movie um, with Winona Ryder and uh, Christian Slater. Yeah, um, super bad. Uh, 21 Jump Street. Um, oh, I had this. And then I forgot it. Uh, oh, Booksmart and um, a fifth one. The point is, the movie... Oh, and Wet Hot American Summer, which a lot of people are trying to sort of compare it to. I think Heather's is a more apt comparison. But it is... It doesn't care about being like another movie. It doesn't care about being like whatever. It just seems like it really cared about wanting to tell this the an updated version of your sort of teen sex comedy where the rules didn't necessarily have to apply the way they would in a John Hughes movie. It's not like someone's going to get, you know, arrested. Their parents aren't going to finally come home from the weekend. They're nothing, nothing, no real world consequences. Actually, I don't are... think you ever even see these girls' parents or yeah, any parents. No real world consequences are sitting at the end of the road of the debauchery that happens. There is just the simple premise. Two teens want to have sex and they come up with a crazy concoction like conspiracy in order to try and get that to happen. And the context happens to be a fight club, which turns the story in a wildly different direction uh, that that lets so many different characters that nor would normally just be stock background characters kind of come to life and breathe and find their own way. I mean, there's still a sort of basket case character that likes to blow things up. Like, it's just taking that stock character and blowing it to the extreme. And then you have um, yeah, the cheerleader character that one of the teens thinks is out of their league, but they're going after anyways. And, and that sort of thing plays out, but that cheerleader is like martial arts to deathing football players on a bloody like battlefield by the end of the movie. Like... It was just from the beginning of the movie, the characters are talking and I'm think I think I know where the movie is going. And then by the time they try and get out of trouble by saying, oh, no, they were just starting a fight club and the school says, OK, have a fight club. I was kind of like, what? Like, is this movie actually bad? Is it just like they like, don't like out of touch with reality? But no. No, it just doesn't care. It and, and it has every right to, and it was fantastic for doing that. To just be like, no, they they just say it's like <laughs> I, I have I have extremely nerdy ways of explaining this, and I have you know traditional ways, and I'm just going to stick to traditional for now. But the point is, they just get away with rolling with the punches, and everyone in the movie is saying, oh yes, do this next thing, and every time somebody introduces a new element, whether they had that information or not. Everyone's just like, oh, we know that now. That's true now. Let's roll with that. It's like an improv movie that has like a standard movie backbone. And um, 
every i liked every performance in the movie all around uh anyone that was felt like they were uncomfortable felt like it was supposed to make me uncomfortable uh i just like the soundtrack is gonna be the soundtrack to my life for like at least the next two weeks um and uh yeah movie goes hard in the in all the best ways oh two thumbs up so i saw this one um when it came out it was actually it came out labor day weekend this is what i saw instead of the equalizer three <laughs> i did end up seeing the equalizer three and i swear this this month you've either gotten some like weird indie uh comedy gems or just outright violence um yeah or and horror this one i guess yeah um but Iowa Debris and um, Rachel Sennett, who are the leads here, uh, have been friends and collaborators for a while. They did an online uh, comedy series. And then Rachel Sennett uh, was a co-writer here with the director Emma Seligman. They actually teamed on a movie called Shiva Baby, um, which came out, which I think is on Max. Uh, that is a similar um, kind of feel at times. Uh, uncomfortable comedy. Uh, so they have a good pairing here. I there was this was I don't think there's any way to prepare for this. Um, mm -hmm. It was completely unlike anything I'd seen or anything I expected. I really enjoyed Marshawn Lynch as mm -hmm. their teacher. Yeah. It was like so unbelievable. And some of the things he says at one point, I have T. It's like I don't think you're supposed to say that. I say that, and he, and he thinks she means. I love that And she's speech. like, no, I mean, as a teacher, since we're still yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I I've really enjoyed her. She was the voice of April O'Neil in the Ninja Turtles movie this summer, but oh, she's also a co lead of the Bear, another amazing um, movie, which is a TV Bear, show that ooh. I dearly love. I thought this movie was weird and kind of interesting. And then we hit the third act and that yeah. kind of sold it for me a little bit. Um, again, nothing you've ever seen, nothing you could be prepared for sort of defies explanation and description. So we won't even try. I gave it a solid a thumbs up. I, I had a good experience um, kind of watching it. It's definitely unique. Um, yeah. And something you can see, and as I mentioned, you know, available on VOD uh, now, or you may still be able to catch it in theaters. Uh, but a lot of different ways you can find things. It, the VOD window is closing rapidly. Eric and I were talking about that, I think, a little bit before the show. Uh, we just did My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3 two weeks ago. It drops on VOD Tuesday. I mean, you basically, it's a couple of weeks now. Uh, my second pick was A Million Miles Away, which came out on Prime Video actually last Friday. It's been a big month uh, for Prime Video. They have a pretty uh, auspicious fall schedule. You know, they just had another big release uh, this week that was a movie that uh, played at Sundance for them called uh, Cassandro, um, kind of about this Lucha Libre wrestler in the 80s uh, with Gael Garcia Bernal. I, I thought that one was pretty good. But this uh, this one... Uh, was a big surprise for me. This is another biopic. I guess it was just uh, biopic week for me. Um, you know, no, no stories are as good as real stories. This is about Jose Hernandez, 
uh, played by Michael Pena, who was the son of immigrants from uh, Mexico. Uh, they, you know, were itinerant field workers. He actually worked alongside them, but always had a dream of something bigger, uh, worked his way through to become an engineer. And after 30 years of persistence, got into the NASA space program and actually became the first Mexican-American to make a manned flight into space for the United States. This is a true story. Um, very inspirational. He applied to NASA 12 times. It was the 12th time he finally uh, managed to get in. Uh, Pena, I thought, was uh, wonderful in the lead role. Rosa Salazar plays his wife, um, who he actually meets when she sells him a car. Uh, and it was just, they had a beautiful relationship uh, going back and forth. But this movie's uh, a little over two hours. And the first hour, I'm not going to say it was bad. It, it was interesting. But it's the second hour when you're kind of, when he's getting into NASA. And it's really the, the emotional payoff of what it means that he carries the weight of not just um, his own hopes and dreams, but his family's. Um, expectations and dreams and really the dreams of his people. Um, and there are just some, I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. There are some incredibly emotional sequences in one spot. One of the teachers that um, he had when he was a little boy, when he drew this picture that said he wanted to be an astronaut and a teacher who was one of the first to like advocate for him with his parents, that he needed stability for his education and his potential brings him that picture um, and visits him as he's about to, to head off into space and some of the, the moments with him and his father um, and his cousin plays a huge role in his life and um, ends up doing it in memory of him. It was just a really beautiful and powerful story. It is also actually in my top 12 for the year now um, made it in there. I just, I loved Pena's performance and I loved uh, the emotional depth. I hope tons of people go and find this uh, on prime video. Um, you know, they prime video does a good job of putting a lot of them with at least a limited theatrical run. I don't even really remember seeing this one get a theatrical run, but it is definitely worth going and checking out. Um, I thought Michael Pena and Rosa Salazar were great. And it's just a really emotional and, um, beautiful story and even better because it's a true story um, we've seen a couple of true stories i think this year of um hispanic people who have pulled themselves up one came out during the summer kind of about uh the guy that worked his way from being a janitor to introducing flaming hot um chips at frito-lay I thought that was great for Hulu. That kind of came out in the middle of the summer, Flaming Hot. You can still find it on there. I thought about that a lot as I was watching the story of A Million Miles. And I'm just so... One of the best things about the proliferation of content streams and the available ways to see films is you're getting so many of these diverse stories are getting a chance to get out there and to get seen somewhere. So if you have Prime Video, please check this one out. I give it two thumbs up. Cool. So fit a lot of different movies here, uh, a lot of different range. We gave you a horror movie, kind of an interesting drama, a pretty wild comedy and a beautiful film you could actually watch with your family. Yeah, I would not watch the first three with your small children. But you know what? That last one fire up Prime video. Yeah, you could probably get that one done.
but it kind of just shows you it's been September sometimes is a weird uh, month because there aren't like major tent poles all over the place, but you get a whole pro proliferation of films. A lot of interesting stuff is coming and we'll have that too as we end the month next week with a fascinating film called The Creator. Uh, which is dropping next week uh, from both the director and screenwriter of Rogue One, featuring John David Washington. But like uh, the only category we don't have this week is sci-fi. <laughs> well, we do have we do have space because he does end up going space. to space yeah, with a million, that's miles, true. a million miles away. Hmm. And we never know what uh, what trailer for a movie that I've been out on I'm going to see this next week that's going to completely change my opinion. I'm going to have to yeah. stop making fun of Aquaman 2 on Twitter or X yeah. or whatever we're <laughs> calling it. Pretty soon they're going to charge us to be on there, so I won't be able to make fun of anything anyway. But Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Uh, do you I'm see, do you have any other shout outs before we get out of here? You know, this week, a weird thing that I did was kind of revisit the highlights and pitfalls of, of Warner Brothers. I um, finally, like, like not directly got, like, through eBay, um, Secrets of Dumbledore, the Fantastic Beast movie, and The Flash. So um, I got to show my wife The Flash. And those are both, like, Ezra Miller movies and, like... I have so many thoughts, but I don't want to platform either movie unnecessarily personally. So I can't really say much of anything. It's like, I have a lot of, a lot of, a lot of thoughts. Um, the, the flash I almost watched the flash over again before I settled on the Batman. Yeah. Um, that's why I watch a two and a half hour movie when you can watch a two I, hour and 56 minute movie. I also watched the Batman and I, I always something about it calls to me. It is a perfect Halloween movie. It is a Halloween movie. That's exactly yes, what I was exactly. about to say. It's like the season it's, it really works for this time. And like, man, that is going to be a staple from now on. I forget about the length of it. Uh, every single time I it watch it. It doesn't feel that long. Although I say that as somebody that watched half of it last night and then watched the rest of it this morning. Oh yeah. I watched it in two chunks also. Um, but that, that last sequence. The last hour right after Falcone is dead. Really? There is some real beauty in that that in my uh, that reaches almost the same level as what i found i, I loved christopher nolan as a filmmaker but it was the bigger ideas that he had especially in the dark knight and the dark knight rises um that always get to me about those mm -hmm. movies you know about sacrifice and about what batman means um you know, especially once you get to the end of the Dark Knight and the sacrifice he makes and then him pulling himself back up at the end of Dark Knight Rises. And you get a real piece of that when Pattinson is sitting there and the, you know, Riddler clone says, I am vengeance. And he has to mm -hmm. really confront himself and think about what does he really want to be? Is holding on to that child hand while she's pulled away by the helicopter, or even like... the the when he's got the flare and he reaches out and mm -hmm. it's the son of the kid that he saw at the beginning. Mm. 
Yep. Yeah, there are a lot of. So also watch the Batman if you, if you <laughs> yeah. just haven't watched it in a while this week. Um, but no, yeah, that's that. I mean, that's that was kind of the idea. Is that's what's going on this week at the movies? Yeah. So. Well, hopefully, uh, yeah, fun. Hopefully, your team did not uh, lose by fifty points in an NFL game, which I didn't even know was possible until today. No matter what. Next week will be a better week for the Broncos because they're playing the Bears and the Bears aren't capable of scoring 70 points in three games, let alone one. So uh, there's that to look forward to, <laughs> as well as the creator. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm legitimately excited for that one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <clears throat> and then we'll have some fun things coming out in uh, October, too. So until then, we will see you at the movies.